This is the Transportation Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration only on MarketScale. Just to try to reduce crashes and keep traffic moving smoothly, they're going to want a computer behind the wheel rather than a human. If problems mean more money spent on transportation, it can hurt your bottom line. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I am your host, Tyler Kern, and joining me is Tom Hemphill. He is the Director of Engineering at Midcontinent Controls. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Midcontinent Controls offers innovative solutions combined with cutting-edge technology to meet any power, cabin, or in-flight entertainment needs. And today we're diving into the future of charging personal electronic devices. And as I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast can attest... Our lives are becoming only more connected, and the number of devices in our pockets or our bags seems to be growing by the day. I don't remember the last time I traveled without, like, three electronic devices. I don't know. So, Tom, you've been with Midcontinent Controls for over 10 years now. So tell me just a little bit more about how this explosion of electronic devices has had an effect on what you guys do. So about 10 years ago, um, mainly what we were doing was control and switch panels and outlets and stuff like that. And then the invention of the phones and then later came tablets and all this stuff and our business has really kind of shifted to really cater to these because most of the control has gone to phones and tablets you know if like you said if you don't have three devices in your bag you're not really traveling (laughs) so it's kind of brought us into a world where you know, everybody needs at least one charger at every single seat. Most airplanes now have two and some have three. So it's it's been a uh, a significant shift in the products we really focus on at Midcon Controls. Absolutely. And now you've been there for a long amount of time, but your dad actually started the company. So you've held a number of different jobs, which has given you, I think, probably a really wide range of knowledge as far as what you do as a company. And you've gotten to see uh, maybe from the ground level all the way up through, you know, the higher levels of the company, which I think has probably given you a, a great perspective. That's that's very true. Um, you know, getting to spend some time uh, actually building parts and understanding that you know, there's certain design techniques that you can't do because you physically can't build them once they're designed or, um, you know, maybe certain practices that if you do it one way versus another, it's actually a lot easier or uh, it yields a better product. More reliability is, you know, that's that's a big key for aviation. Everybody expects this uh, zero defect product where, you know, they install it and it should last forever. You know, the no returns, no downtime, all of that sort of stuff. And I think having the knowledge of, number one, how to build the parts and having an engineering degree and how to design the parts, it kind of gives me this, the real big picture scheme that I can help the rest of my engineers kind of foster and really see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, just to go back to a little bit more of what we were talking about a second ago, just um, one of the things that you've seen recently is that uh, even pilots now are using iPads for their electronic flight bags. So um, just as as you see kind of this growth and this need for increased charging ports, that seems to even, I guess, exaggerate that need even more, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, As a pilot myself, I can't even think about taking off without having uh, four flight and my iPad with me. So, you know, we we had to add uh, USB ports to our 172 just so that we could 
you know, take a longer flight or make sure that you always had power because heaven forbid, you know, you're flying without foreflight anymore. And it just, it, it really has taken over the whole industry as, as a whole. And, you know, the pilots, the passengers, everybody now has some form of tablet or phone that they just have to have. Yeah, that's a really good point. And also just the, I, I, get, I suppose being a pilot yourself kind of gives you that perspective as well to know what it's like to be in the cockpit and what it's also like to be a passenger. Yeah, definitely so. Yeah. So uh, when did uh, Mid-Continent Controls first begin providing charging ports? Oh, it's probably been uh, right about 10 years ago that we developed our first uh, product as a, um, it was actually a drop-in to replace uh, a switch. And the original concept was that they were going to use a, I think it was actually an iPod mm-hmm. for uh, an audio I- input. And so they they wanted to use this iPod and have a place to plug it in where they could easily take it back out and uh, upload all the files and all that sort of stuff. Wow, that's really interesting. And like, it, it's it's funny to me how everybody had iPods for so long and now like nobody has them, right? They're just I, I think displays just the ever-evolving and just like rapid pace of innovation in this space these days. Oh yeah, I, the consumer side, you know, Apple and Samsung and Motorola, you know, they're coming out with new technology every 18 months maybe. And it's a lot of times it's a challenge to keep up with, you know, going from USB A and then adding in all the battery charging specs. Uh, Apple uh, allows charging different than Samsung allows charging, so you have to be able to, you know, negotiate between the different devices. And of course, you can't have a different USB charger for each of those devices. It's got to be able to do both. And so you know, there's just this constant evolution of product and and growth just to keep up with what Apple decides to do today. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great point and something I really hadn't considered until we started this conversation is just how does new technology like that really, I suppose, ensure that you, you have to be nimble, I, I suppose, as a company to be able to adjust on the fly to these changes that uh, these tech companies just kind of throw at you out of the blue, supposedly, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're constantly uh, keeping up with uh, specifications that all the companies are releasing and constantly bringing in new equipment and new ICs to handle new devices or new charging specifications or in the case of new technology, you know, bringing in new stuff for USB-C charging and uh, wireless charging and all these uh, new technologies that normal consumers seem to really be pushing towards. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about those advancements that you're talking about, whether it's wireless charging or USB-C. What are some of the advancements that you're working on in the world uh, of charging uh, on aircrafts, and, and what does the future of charging devices look like on planes? So the kind of the big one that we just pushed out into the market is uh, charging through USB-C, and the big difference between charging on USB-A and charging on USB-C is uh, USB-A is limited to uh, 5 volts at uh, 3 amps, so that's 15 watts. And now USB-C allows you to charge all the way up to 20 volts at 5 amps, or 100 watts. And then you can pick a whole bunch of different voltages, voltage range between 5 and 20 to get various uh, charging levels. So like most tablets will use uh, 9 volts or 12 volts, and then there's laptops that'll use 15 volts and 20 volts. 
and the increase in voltage allows you to actually push more power while using the same amount of current and that that's what allows you know um, an ipad pro to actually fully charge at the same speed as what a uh, an old iphone would charge at so this is providing for quicker uh quicker charging speeds i suppose that's correct. So on like, you know, your your iPhone or um, Samsung, they have all these quick charging features that are now added that allows it to bump up into these nine volt ranges and still charge at the same current. So you get essentially, you know, a 50% greater charging rate while it's in that nine volt range. And then once it gets back up into the 80 or 90% battery range, it'll drop back down to five, five volts and do a trickle charge. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so I'm, I'm like, maybe I'm thinking a little science fiction-y here and, and way outside of, of the, the realms of, of what's possible in the near future, but is there a day that you see coming where, you know, you fold your tray table down and set your phone on it and the tray table can, you know, be equipped with the wireless charging technology that charges your phone? Is that something that you see as a potential one day? So that is like, that is exactly where we're trying to go right now to where they have these modules that they can actually mount up into their tables. And when they fold it out, it's, you know, the whole table is just a charging platform so they can lay out their laptop or their tablet and it'll automatically connect up to these systems and start providing power. So, you know, without even consciously having to plug something in or do something, your device is going to be fully charged when you get to the end of your flight. Yeah, see that that to me sounds like the mecca of charging stuff, right? Because then then you're not fumbling with cords all over the place and that sort of thing. Everything's just right there. It's nice. It's concise. You just set it down and then it's done. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm excited for it to get to that point. I think <laughs> I think that that finally does reach the kind of the pinnacle of where consumer technology is today mm-hmm. and getting that put into the aircraft while it presents a lot of very interesting challenges. Um, It'll also be one of the first times that the aircraft industry is actually on the same level as consumer industry. Right. Do, do you find that that um, that at times aircrafts or, or maybe maybe companies that uh, you know maybe airlines or, or something like that, like like American Airlines for instance or, or whatever, are slower to adopt new technology? That you're standing there and you're saying, "Hey, we we have this and we're ready to go with it," but it just takes time to actually get it into airplanes. So it's not that companies are slower to adopt. It's that the process to actually get the products certified to an FAA standard just takes so long and it's so time consuming and financially consuming that, you know, it just it requires sometimes up to a year to take this already finished design. And, you know, we're out saying, oh, here, you could have it. You just got to get it certified still. Um, you know, it could take up an, to an extra year, which, you know, in the world of consumer electronics, that year means they've already come out with something new. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. So what's that process look like for you then? Do you uh, kind of submit it over to American Airlines and then they have to go through the FAA uh, requirements? Or do is that something that you go through before you're able to then go to American or Southwest or something like that? So um, we we work in the business aviation side. So it's, you know, Textron and Gulfstream and Dassault and companies like that. And typically what we'll have to do is we'll develop up this whole product and we will have to do a lot of the preliminary testing to prove out that once we do go to certification, everything will be just fine. 
And then we'll go to these companies and say, okay, here's your product. Here's exactly what you wanted and how you wanted it. And then they will have to give us all of the, you know, the certification basis and the requirements that they have to meet to please the FAA. And then we'll have to go to tests in conjunction with them. So it, it kind of re it requires an OEM or an aircraft in general to, in order to do um, certification. And typically at the end of certification, you get what's called an STC. And that's a, a supplemental type certificate for your for the aircraft to have that product on the aircraft. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So um, as you're in kind of the research and development phase, I'm guessing things look different depending on, um, uh, I suppose, like what, what your end goal is, I, I would guess. So it's not just coming up with new uh, new ways to charge electronics, but it's new ways to charge electronics on a plane. So you have to think about... Uh, the different uh, constraints that you have in that way. What are some of those constraints and what are some of these um, things that uh, maybe as, as a typical consumer, I'm not aware of, but you as an expert in this and the businesses that uh, that you look to, um, that, that you are aware of that, that make it, I suppose, difficult to integrate some of this technology into an airplane. So a lot of the difficulties we run into is... Uh, a combination of size constraints as well as having to meet the design requirements to actually pass the FAA test. So like one of the tests that we have to do is uh, we subject our product to a 600 volt spike. And so we have to design our product to actually be able to withstand 600 volts when, you know, you're talking about something that typically runs on 28 volts or five volts. And so there's this just massive amount of overhead and circuitry that you have to do. Well, you know, you add all this extra circuitry and obviously the size is going to grow, but all of our OEM counterparts are expecting to keep all this stuff small and smaller and keep making things smaller. And so that's a lot of the res the uh, restrictions that we're having right now is, you know, they'll come to us and say, okay, you have to meet all of these requirements in order for us to certify the part. And at the same time, we want it to be, an inch square, you know, they, cause what they see is a consumer product. You know, they pull their little, uh, iPad charger out. That's an inch by an inch by half an inch. And they say, okay, this is exactly what I want. And I say, well, there's no way that design will pass all the requirements to get it certified on an aircraft. And so then, you know, you start kind of the, the process of working back and forth to say, okay, I can give you all of these features, but it's going to be this size or this shape or it's going to do this thing instead of whatever you're asking for yeah that that, that makes sense so how do those conversations n typically um typically go is it kind of like a give and take like i can give you this but then you'll have to sacrifice this or you know if you want a smaller size there's going to be some payoff on the other side how, how do those conversations typically uh, typically play out so for almost all of our projects like that it's almost always a give and take we've got some where they have some very specific hard requirements that, you know, it, no matter what happens, it has to do this one thing. And, you know, that, that becomes a hard fixed requirement. And so we just have to work around those couple of hard requirements that end up on each and every project by massaging the rest of the requirements to, to get what we can do, what we can actually build and manufacture. And they still get a product that does what their customers are asking it to do. 
Yeah, it's it's like when you sit down and you make that list of like needs versus wants. I suppose like at the end of the day, it has to be able to charge uh, devices, and we'd like for it to be you know as small as possible. But at the end, you know, it has a function that it has to carry out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tom, this is really, really fascinating. Uh, how how does Mid-Continent Controls plan to kind of stay on the forefront of this particular industry? Because this is something I hadn't really ever thought of before having this conversation with you, but it is really interesting to consider just the way that uh, you're working to kind of innovate in this space and, and stay uh, caught up and ahead of the game as far as personal electronic devices. So how does Mid-Continent Controls kind of stay caught up and stay ahead of the game in this area? So for us, a lot of that is um, a combination of me and my sales department just constantly interacting with uh, engineering and sales and uh, some of the other groups at all the different OEMs so that we kind of always have uh, uh, one step ahead of what, what it is they're looking for so that when they do kind of come around and say, okay, do you have a design to do this? We can say, well, yeah, here it is. You know, we'll, we'll cut you know, six months off your development time because we've already done all the work sort of thing. So a lot of a lot of what we do to stay ahead is actually just stay in front of our customers and continue talking to them about what it is they're looking for and, you know, what kind of technology they see as being a, a significant player in their aircraft. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, Tom, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today and, and explaining a little bit more about this. And I'm really excited to see the future of charging personal electronic devices on aircrafts. And I know that uh, you guys at Mid-Continent Controls are doing great things. And so it's exciting to learn a little bit more about it. And I'm excited to see what you continue to do in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tyler. It was a blast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. For more just like it, head over to marketscale.com. Click on industries at the top of the page and then scroll down to whatever industry strikes your fancy. We cover 14 of them here at MarketScale. Everything from sports and entertainment to AEC to building management to software and technology. So make sure to go check out all of the industry content we have there. We have podcasts, videos, and written content for you to enjoy. We'll be back soon with another episode of the podcast, but until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.